you today. In Jesus' name, I want you to have your way today, Lord. Amen. Individually, we need to to have that kind of mindset. Just, Lord, let me get my brain and all my my business and my mess out of the way. You know, we got all got things on our mind that we got to do today. We all got things we got to do this week. We all got stuff on our mind. I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm with you on that. Amen. But but let's just lay all that aside for just a little bit, just a, a short time today. Amen. And let the Lord minister to us. Amen. I was in one service that, that God really used the man of God to, to really minister. And he stood up and he said, and he knew that God was using him. And he, he told us all. He said, you need to turn your brain off and just receive. He said, because there's going to be impartation that's going to come that you're not going to be able to process it all today. And I, when I heard him say that, I thought, wow, nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever told me to do that. And he told everybody, just put your iPads away, put your notebooks away, because you're not going to be able to take enough notes to keep up with what God's going to do. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to try that, to shut my brain off. I don't know if I can do that, <laughs> because I'm always thinking. I'm always, you know, thinking about what i got to do next and all these kind of things, and it's hard to do that sometimes. Amen, because we're constantly bombarded with, our schedules and all the stuff that we got to think about doing. I got a doctor's appointment. I got this. I got that. Amen. And it's hard to just shut all that off. But I was able to do that in that service. And, and God only knows the impartation, the things that came into my spirit uh, that the Lord is, has put in me that hasn't even come out on the surface yet. Amen. But I just, I found myself able to do that. And it was just like a release. Like I could just sit there like a sponge and just take it all in and not worry about if I understood it or not, if I if I agreed with it or not or whatever. I just take it in and let, and let, let it go through the filter of, of this word that I put in me. Let God do the work. Let God minister to me. Amen. So we've got to get out of the way and let God minister into our mind and our spirit today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 2. Amen. And after these things, the Lord appointed other 70. I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> Change up on the devil. <laughs> and after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face unto every city. Everybody say every city. Every city and place. Whether he himself would come. The Lord was already planning on coming there, but he was sending his men, his people ahead to be there. Why? Because they were going to carry his spirit there. Amen. He needs human uh, involvement in this. He needs the human agency. He needs us to take this gospel to those cities and those places. Amen. Therefore, said he unto them, the harvest is truly great. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. He wants us to pray this. I believe we're supposed to pray this. Pray ye therefore. The, he was telling his disciples this. But aren't we his disciples? So isn't this to us too? So I believe me personally. I believe I'm supposed to pray this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. That he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Amen. 
We thank you, Father, for this message and this lesson today, Lord. We pray that you would impart to us something that would help us, a nugget of truth, something, Lord, that would minister into our spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, Brother Rip, uh, Wayne, if you wouldn't mind coming up here and allowing our precious folks to give into our Sunday school offering this morning. I appreciate that, sir. Amen. Some, some, some thought I was going to forget. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I'll never forget the preacher that that we had in a, it was in the church in Okinawa and he got up one morning and he just changed everything around and he just called it a change up like a boxer does a change up he did he did we're doing a change up on the devil we're just going to mix things up amen cuz he's expecting us to follow our same old routine amen sometimes we got to change up on the devil amen amen cuz he's never going to stop coming after us amen like i read one thing I read, he's not going to guard and come after something that's not valuable to him. And we must be valuable to him because we're, we're upsetting his kingdom. Value, in the sense of valuable, that means that we're upsetting his kingdom by what we're doing. And so he, he wants to do everything he can to stop us. Amen? So he's not going to let up as long as we're doing what we're supposed to be doing as apostolics. And as long as we feel that pressure, we know that the devil's not letting up for a reason. Because if he ain't bothering you... You might have bigger problems. <laughs> Praise God. So what have we been talking about? The harvest. There's a hint on the board. <laughs> We're talking about the harvest. Now, why are we talking about the harvest? Is it because it's fall and the leaves are falling and this is the, the time of harvest time? You know, they call it, uh, you know, happy fall, happy autumn, whatever. That's not really the reason why we're talking about the harvest. I didn't I wasn't planning on talking about this, but this is what the Lord led me to talk about. And even in our general conference there's there's been an emphasis. There was two things in general conference that they really I felt like they emphasized was discipleship. And then the general board said they even had tongues and interpretations in their meetings talking about a shift. And so God is telling the church, the body of Christ, that there's a shift in the spirit. There there's a shift toward a greater emphasis on on the bringing of souls into the kingdom. And so, the, you know, there's an urgency, amen? And we're going to get into that a little bit this morning, but there's an urgency about the harvest. And I was talking to you all when I started this, and as I was driving back from Kansas through Iowa to La Crosse, I, I saw all the machinery out there harvesting all the wheat and the corn and everything. And there's an urgency. You can't really see it, but it's there. Because they know pretty soon it's going to be, so September and October and November, and then pretty soon there's going to be snow on the ground. They got to get that harvest. They got to get that stuff out of the field, so they can process it and and make their income or whatever it is they're doing with that. So there's an urgency about getting it out of the field. They're not just out there taking their time. They're they're diligently doing it. They're working. Amen. This this lady at my wife's school has been bringing us all kinds of stuff out of her garden because she knows she's got to get all this stuff out of her garden before it all goes bad, before the, the ground freezes. Amen? And if my wife, if any if you all, any of you all have heard that I made her do pickle beets, that's not true. She enjoyed doing it. She was so proud of herself that she actually got beets pickled and in the cans and the jars and all that. And so I can't wait to try them. 
And if anybody likes pickled beets, I'll be more than happy to share a jar with you. Praise God. I'm going to try them first, make sure they're okay. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be great. Not too many. Not, I didn't see too many hands go up for pickled beets. <laughs> okay. I know I have to save a jar for the pastor, at least one jar anyway. When I said pickled beets, his eyes went like that. So he likes them too. Praise God. But we've been talking about the harvest. And we've been talking about the, the, the preparation for the harvest. And we talked a little bit about, as we brought it to a close last week, we talked a little bit about uh, the Feast of Weeks. We're gonna, what is the Feast of Weeks? Pentecost. Amen. And so that means that the Feast of Weeks happens what? After the harvest is done. Because it's seven weeks from the day. What did they have to do before they could harvest the field? They had to take a sheaf out of the field and bring it into the temple, and they had to do what with it? They had to wave it before the Lord, and they had to bring a first fruits offering to the Lord. Before they could take anything out of the field, they had to go to the Lord with the first fruits of that. And, and that's what we do today with our tithes, with our offerings, with all that we do. It's our first fruits. It's the best. It's off the top. It's the cream. It's, it's the best that we have to offer. It's not a, a lame animal or something. It's the best worship that we have to offer. It's our very best for the kingdom. And so they would take their very best, the very first of it, and wave it before the Lord, and they would thank the Lord for the rest of the harvest, not even knowing how much harvest that they were going to harvest, but they would thank him in advance. Thank you for the harvest, Father. Thank you for the great harvest that we're going to harvest. And as soon as the those workers, those laborers knew that that ceremony was done and that they had prayed and that the Lord had accepted, they were standing at the ready, waiting to go out and, and get into that harvest. Because why? They only had seven weeks to harvest. In, in the Old Testament, they, they were given seven weeks to get that harvest out of that field. And, and that's why they had the, the Feast of the Feast of Weeks. Because that was the feast of seven weeks, which is what? Forty-nine days. Right? And what was the fiftieth day? It was Pentecost's fiftieth day. So that was the feast celebrating the harvest that they had already thanked God for. Amen? And so the harvest is an important principle in the Bible. Amen? And so we're going to get into this just a little bit more today. And so... So not only we talked about the harvest not only being plants but being animals, it can talk about people. And even in the Old Testament, the Bible says that they brought their, their firstborn son, their firstborn lamb, the very first uh, fruits of whatever they, it was they were doing, they brought it to the Lord. Amen. They offered their firstfruits. They offered their firstborn son as a firstfruits unto the Lord. That the Lord would bless and minister. Amen. Who... Who wants their harvest to keep going? Who wants to have another harvest next year and another harvest the year after that? There's a whole process involved. We talked about the sowers going out to sow. And the sowers went out to sow, and, and, and when the husband went and sent them out, they didn't get to pick and choose which, where they put the seed. Well, I'm not throwing seed over there because I don't like that ground. It doesn't look like ground I would throw seed on. They didn't do that. He just sent them with a bag of seed, and he said, go and cast the seed. It was broadcast. Amen. And so we've got to throw that seed out there. We talked about that being us. 
We've got to throw that seed out there. We've got to get it out there. We've got to get the seed out of the barn and into the field. Amen? Because then after that, what, are we, what happens? There has to be a rain. There has to be rain and sunshine and wind and all those things that God controls in order for that seed to become a plant that, to grow up and become a harvest. Amen? And so, and, and so what we talked about a little bit about the rain. What is the rain in the Spirit? That is us praying over that seed that we sowed. Amen? We've got to send that rain through, through the tears that we cry. And, you know, we're weeping over. The Bible says that they went weeping over that precious seed as they cast it. Because they trusted God to do the rest of the work. All they could do was like this. God's got to do the rest. And he does that through us by as we pray over that seed that we cast. Amen? Amen. So now we're going to get into a little bit about the main body of the harvest. Amen? So as soon as the reapers received the word, as I already said, that the offering of the first fruits had been accepted by the Lord, they, the main thrust of the effort was put forth by the laborers, and they went into the harvest, and those laborers were all in. Nobody had to, had to kick them and, and cajole them and, and, come on, guys, let's go. They didn't have to do that. They were ready. They understood the urgency of the harvest. The husbandmen put that urgency in them. And so we've got to be like that when it comes to the harvest of the souls of this city. We've got to be all in. Amen. That scripture that we read, that, the, the, that prayer, that pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers, that we talked about that send forth meaning to literally thrust them, like push them, kick them out there into the field. We don't want the Lord to have to, to cajole us and pressure us to go out there. We should be willing, understanding that we're going we're gonna to reap the benefits of part of, the, part of that harvest. Part of that harvest was for them to make bread, to feed their families. Part of that harvest was their income. And part of that harvest was the seed for the next sowing that would take place so that there would be another harvest after that. And so there is a benefit. There's multiple benefits to us doing the things that God has called us to do as sowers, as laborers in the harvest. Amen? Everybody say, I'm a laborer. Amen. We need to be willing laborers. We need to be all in. They were all in. They were standing at the ready. They couldn't wait. Amen. To do what the Lord had sent them to do. And so as soon... <clears throat> Amen. Okay, they were standing at the ready. There was an urgency. Okay, we've got to, we've got to realize that's why the Lord spoke to the general board at general conference. That's why those men, messages... Those seem to be all threaded with the same concept of discipleship and all these things because the Lord knows that the end is coming soon. If you look around you and all the things that are going on, earthquakes, and, and there's a volcano going off right now in Japan, and there's one in Vanuatu that's getting ready to explode, and they're, they're worried about one over in, in uh, one of the state parks over in Colorado, and there's just fires in California and and floods, and, and all these things are happening, amen? And, and the Bible says what? To, be, to look up and be watchful. But we're also supposed to be busy about our Father's business, amen? We didn't get this so that we could keep it to ourselves, amen? Thank God somebody else didn't do that, because none of us would be sitting here. 
if somebody else kept this to themselves. But somebody had to share this gospel. Somebody had to tell us about the love of Jesus. Somebody had to tell us. Amen. Sometimes that's all it took. Amen. I can remember when I first came into this, it was just a little scripture here and a scripture there. And I really didn't jump all over it right away. But the Lord started working in me. And I believe somebody was praying and weeping tears over that effort that they made to to cast that seed. And somewhere along the line, that seed found good ground in my spirit. And God began to deal with me. So when the time for the altar call came, it was not a problem. God had already been dealing with me through that prayers of that individual or those individuals, that church or whoever it was. Amen. And so there's got to be an urgency about this harvest. Amen. Amen. It, that's the truth, if you agree or not. So, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9. For, uh, verse 9 and 10. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9 says, Seven weeks shalt thou number unto thee, begin to number the seven weeks for such time as thou beginnest to put the sickle to the corn. And thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with a tribute of a free will offering of thine hand, when thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God according as the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. And isn't that the principle of how we're supposed to give according as the Lord has blessed you? Amen. I don't know about you, but I want there to be a a bountiful harvest in my life. Amen. It's not about giving money to God so he can give me back money. It's not about money anyway. It's about sacrifice. It's about obedience. It's about, amen, I want what I have to be blessed. Amen. I want there to be a fruitful harvest. I want to know that the Lord is backing me up. Amen. When I'm out there, amen, it's, we don't have to teach everybody uh, an Acts 2.38 Bible study. All we got to do is just tell them about the love of Jesus. You know, you don't have to live like that. Jesus loves you. He wants to give you a better life. You know, there will come a time for that Acts 2.38 Bible study, but we got to get them interested. We got to get that. We got to get the blindness off their eyes first. Amen. And sometimes that's just sowing a seed and then praying over that seed and letting God work in that individual's life. Amen. Because what, what did Paul talked about when he was in Rome, he told him, he said that God called him to, to remove them, the, to take them from darkness to light, Acts 26, and from the power of Satan to the power of God. So people out there that we're talking to in a sense, they're blinded by the enemy spiritually. And you can talk to them about Acts 2.38 in the Bible all you want, and they'll just give you a dead stare because it's not, it's not getting in there. But you've got to plant that seed anyway and then pray over that and let God work. There was one young lady in our PI classes uh, that was testifying about an individual she'd been working on for eight years. She'd been t- meeting this lady for lunch and meeting her for coffee and doing all these things and just talking to her about the Lord, just being her friend, just loving her. And she was saying that it finally was getting to the place. And this was a month ago or so when she testified. She said she was finally got her to the place. God got her to the place where she was willing to come to church and and, and maybe begin to take steps. And it took eight years of working on this individual. So we can't give up. Amen. You never know what God is doing. 
Amen. I would love that, that everybody we talk to would just come run into the doors of this church, wouldn't you? Amen. That we'd just run out of seating. We'd have to go downstairs and get chairs and line them up in the aisle. I would love that. Amen. And maybe the Lord's going to bring that. Amen. But we still got to be busy about our Father's business, which is what? Harvesting. Amen. We got to get out there. And, you know, you can't have a harvest if you don't plant seed. Right? If you have a field, y'all, there's fields all over the place, and I've seen them on driving on the way to, to Eau Claire, where it's a humongous field, and all that's growing there is what? Weeds. <laughs> Why? Because the farmer has left that field fallow. But if you, if you have a field and you don't plant specific seeds in it to grow corn or wheat or whatever, and you, but then you, then you send rain on that field, it's going to grow what's ever in that field. And it's going to grow weeds. So if you don't plant seeds and then put rain on those specific seeds, you're not going to get corn if you, if you plant weed seeds. Right? So we we got to be specific, amen? Uh, the emphasis is getting the seeds out of the barn. They're not doing any good in the barn, right? Or if you go to the edge of the field that's 10 acres and you throw some seeds out in that little corner of the field, you're not going to get a whole field full of crop out of that, are you? Right? You're just going to get wherever you threw that seed. So, you know, that's kind of a principle in the Bible. If you sow sparingly, You'll reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, reap bountifully. So the question is, what are we doing? We have to ask ourselves, are we sowing sparingly or are we sowing bountifully? The, the reapers didn't have an open-ended deal. They, were, they got busy. Amen. And so we've got to be busy about our Father's business. When he says there's a time for harvesting, we've got to get in, in, we gotta put our hands to the plow, as the Bible says. Romans 9:27 Romans 9:27 and 28 says Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea of a remnant shall be a remnant shall be saved for he will finish the work Who is he? Well let's keep on reading and cut short and cut it short in righteousness because the short work will the Lord make upon the earth Amen. And so the Lord is going to do the work. Amen. At the end. I believe there's going to be a harvest so great at the end that we're not, no man's going to be able to take credit for it. And we're going to see an influx of people. At, when, the, when the last days are upon us, I believe, I believe that we're going to see an influx of souls where we're not going to know where they're coming from. Amen. And I don't know if we're going to have enough room. That's just what I believe. Okay. I, I just... I believe that. We're not going to have enough room in this building for what God's going to send. Amen. Because the Bible says in the Old Testament that, that there's going to come a time. I believe it's in Amos. Uh, it says that, that there, there's going to come a day when the plowman will overtake the reaper. So there's going to be a guy, reap, plow, there's going to be a guy plowing a field, and there's going to be reapers in the field that are still cutting down sheaves of harvest and while they're cutting down the guy there's going to be a guy right on their heels planting he's plowing for the next and that's how quick the lord's going to do a quick work that's what i believe 
There's going to be a quick work done. It's going to be so quick that the plowman's going to overtake the reaper. Amen. What an awesome time to be in the kingdom of God. Amen. I believe this is the most awesome time to be in the kingdom. Amen. There's going to be a great harvest that we're going to have to be ready to, to take care of that. Amen. Because once you get them out of the field, what do you got to do? If it's corn or if it's wheat, you don't just toss it in the barn. Right? Because wheat, there's tares growing up in that wheat. We know about that story in the Bible, right? The wheat and the tares. And the farmer said, just leave them there. They'll de- I'll deal with those later. We'll separate those out later. And so there's a winnowing process when you have wheat. Where in the old days, I don't know how they do it now. I'm not a farmer. But they would just, in this room, they would just throw it up in the air. And whatever was light enough for the wind to blow it, it would just blow it out the window. And all the heavier stuff, the important stuff, would land back on the floor. I think that's how it works. So there's going to be a winnowing process. And so the Lord, he's going to be the one doing that. Separating the sheep from the goats. Anybody ever heard that story? Amen. There's going to be a winnowing process. Amen. And so we've got to be busy. Amen. There's, there are people out there that want to hear this. They want what we have. They just, we just have to go tell them. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, remember where, where you were. When the Lord got a hold of you. I mean, I think about this. I remember where I was when somebody had planted that seed and somebody had watered that seed. And I remember where I was when the Lord brought me into this. Amen. And they're just just one day. You know, one day I was doing certain things in the world. And then one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to stop doing those things. Amen. And there's people out there that, that we are in contact with. Wherever you work, wherever you shop at the grocery store, whatever, wherever you're involved in this world, there are people in your workplace that only you can reach. There's people in your neighborhood only you can reach. I mean, some of you have lived in lacrosse all your life, right? Or most of it. But there's people that I know just living in my neighborhood that you've never met. But I know them because the Lord planted me there in that place. And so we've, we've gone out and we begin to make ourselves available to our neighbors and introduce ourselves. We haven't waited for them to come knock on our door. Amen. We've got to, we've got to go out there and reach for them and love on them. Amen. And let them know that we're approachable, that we're not weird people from Kentucky. <laughs> so, praise God. Amen. We are... There's only so much time allotted, seven weeks, for the harvest, amen? And that's a spiritual principle. There's only so much time before the Lord comes, amen? We can't wait around until we feel like it. We can't wait around until we feel prompted to do so. God's already prompted us in His Word. He's already called us to do this. There's only, there's only so much time in the city that we live in is the field. Amen. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 36. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account. Make sure that's right. Thereof in the day of judgment. 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. I wonder if I sent you to the wrong place. 
38. I think I did. Okay, I probably did. All right. Well, I made a, a mistake. Amen. So the the point, the scripture that I was wanting to go to was talking about Jesus was talking to the people and said the field is the world. He was explaining to his disciples about that the the parable that he told them about the seed and the ground and the different kinds of ground. He he explained to his disciples the seed is the world. Amen. Or the field is the world. And we, yes, thank you, 13. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank God for booth people that know what they're doing. Praise God and know their scriptures. Amen. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Everybody say, that's me. So earlier in this lesson, a few weeks ago, I said that the seed was what? The word of God, right? We're planting the Word of God. But this scripture says that the seed are the children of the kingdom, which is us. So we're the the children of the king. We're wearing the royal robes, and we are the children of the king. And what is what is in us, Sister Sandy, that has made us to be apostolic? What did God where did it all start? It was the seed of the Word of God that God put in us, right? That drew us to this and said, we said, yes, I need this. I want this. i got to go to that altar. i got to receive the Holy Ghost. I've got to be baptized in Jesus. I see it. I see it. And so that word in us and the fact that we're his children makes us the good seed. And so who is, who is it that's sharing this gospel with somebody out there? That's us. We are the seed carrying the word of God, the combination of us and the seed. We are the good seed today. We are his precious seed. And we are his royal children. Amen. This world is not just going to come to our door because we have a nice sign out front. Amen. The, the corn is not going to just bring itself out of the field. They got to get in their combine and fill it up with gas. And they got to go out there and cut down that corn. And, and there's got to be guys with trucks where they can load all that stuff, and somebody's got to drive it to the market, and they've got to go through all these steps just to get the harvest out of the field. Amen. And so we've got to be, the the harvest is not just going to happen because we will it to be so. The farmer can't just stand on the edge of his field and say, all right, corn, come on. (laughs) It ain't going to happen. All right. (laughs) Jump in the truck. Come on, just just get right in. Go in the barn. No, you might be able to do that with cattle, but you still got to lead cattle, animals. You got to have, you know, a friend of mine had a farm back in Kentucky, and he the way he got, and even his little seven-year-old son would do it, the way he got the cows to come in out of the field, he'd stand by the barn door and start hitting a bucket with a stick. For some reason, those cows thought bucket means food, or I don't know what they thought, but they all came running. And then that little seven-year-old boy could get those cows into the barn all by himself with just a bucket and a stick. Amen. It's amazing the things that God will use in your life to win a soul. Amen. To tell somebody about the gospel. But we run into this problem, and I run into it too, where that spirit of fear comes on us when we get to that moment. Oh, if I say something, they'll, they might persecute me. 
They might laugh at me. They might make fun of me. But we have to remember that that's what they did to Jesus when he tried to tell them. And he even told us, he said, if they hate you, it's not because they hate you, it's because they hate me first. And if they persecuted me, guess what? They're going to persecute you. But we have to be willing to see past that, to be so apostolic and so committed and dedicated to this that we don't care what happens to us. Amen. You know that I was thinking about the church there in Richlands, North Carolina. That guy that started that church, he started out in a McDonald's dining room. And he ended up getting up to 39 people in a Bible study in a McDonald's dining room. At which point he said, "Uh, I think I need to start a church. (laughs) And so he went and rented some property and started having church. Amen. But do you think that he only planted 39 seeds to get those 39 people in that McDonald's? And did, did he just walk out one day when, and start with one and 38 other people said, Wow, that guy's teaching a Bible study. Let's all go over there and hang out with him. No, it didn't happen that way. That happened over a three-year period. So he had to plant a lot more than 39 seeds to get 39 people sitting in a Bible study, willingly coming to a Bible study in a McDonald's. Amen? So we're going to have to plant a lot of seed that's not, that's not going to produce anything. Amen? But it's like the guy that's selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. <laughs> He's got to go knock on a lot of doors just to sell one Kirby vacuum cleaner. Amen? 10, 15, 20 doors before he gets a yes. And he can't get all excited about that one and say, Yay, I made a sale today. No, if he's going to make a living at that, he's got to keep on knocking on another 20 doors to sell another Kirby vacuum cleaner. And what happens over time is he gets better. And better at saying that spiel and, and doing his little thing. And he doesn't make as many mistakes. And pretty soon he, he'll get one every ten. Pretty soon he'll get one every five. But he's got to plant a lot of seed just to sell one vacuum cleaner. And that's the way it works with us. That's the way it works. That farmer, does. he's not worried about where every little seed goes. He just wants, wants the laborers to get it out there. Get the seeds out there. Let me worry. Let, let the husbandman, let God worry about what happens to the seed. Amen? Because he's going to be the one that's going to... What does the Bible say that some plant, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So it's God that's going to give the increase if we'll do the, the part we're supposed to do. Instead of worrying about what God's supposed to do, we need to worry about what we're supposed to do. Amen? I I just... This is for me. I don't know if this, if y'all are receiving this or not, but this is for me. I know. I've been here two years. I can't use the excuse anymore that I'm the new guy in town. I don't know if God's going to accept that. So I've got neighbors I'm trying to reach. My wife's got people in her school she's trying to reach. She's not beating them over the head with axe and, an axe and two thirty-eights. But, but she's trying to reach them. She's loving them. Those kids, some of those kids... I. You know, 
they know they just they don't they can't explain it but they know that there's a love there that they can't explain and they're drawn to that amen those teachers and some of those those people there my wife's going to try to bring some of them to the ladies thing this week just so that they can be around apostolic ladies they know there's something different. They can't quite put their finger on it, but they know there's something different. And they know that about us. And we have the most awesome thing in the world, bar nothing. Does anybody agree with that? We got the best seed in town. Amen. So we have, multi, we have opportunity upon opportunity sometimes that we've walked past. Amen. I was helping a lady Friday. Moved some furniture into her place. A, a mother of a, a six-year-old in, in the school down here. And she just moved up here from Austin. And she's just a, just a rough situation. And she was getting some furniture from the Salvation Army. And she needed somebody to help her. And I thought, I thought, well, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'll go help her. You know? And I don't know where that's going to go. We, we talked briefly because she was in the truck and we moved it and so I don't know where that's going to go, but it, it was a start. I, I took the opportunity while I was with her to talk about some things and plant some seeds in her mind. You know, and she said, well, I'm Methodist. And I said, that's fine. Or whatever she's, you know, whatever religious persuasion. But she's, I said, no, no sweat, no harm, no foul. Just, just want you to know that there's an opportunity and, and that the Lord loves you. And if there's anything you need, here's my phone number, my wife's phone number. Amen. You just never know where that's going to go. Amen. Like I think I told the story. Um, this was many years ago. A young 16-year-old man walking through a town in Pennsylvania looked down and saw a piece of paper on the ground, picked it up, and it was a track that somebody, a seed, you want to, if you want to call it that, that track was a seed that somebody discarded and didn't want. And he read it, and he looked on the other side and saw the address and went to the door of the address. It was the pastor of the church. And within a couple of weeks, that young man was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And this was back in the 60s. Today, there's a church in two different cities, one in South Carolina and one in Pennsylvania, because of that 16-year-old young man. So you never know where that seed's going to go. Look what that seed produced. Two, two vibrant churches full of more harvest who are going out and making more harvest, all because somebody threw their seed on the ground. Amen. So you never know. On the surface, somebody might be ridiculing you and calling you a name and, and saying all kinds of things. But deep down inside, you know, they have to go home. They have to lay down in that bed at night. And if they're empty inside, if they're sad inside, if, if they're putting on a big front and everybody thinks they're this way, but they go home and they're lonely and sad and all those things, they have to lay in that bed with themselves at night. And so why not give them something to think about? Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's broadcast seeding. Sowing the seed of a grain crop is done indiscriminately. It's a method called broadcasting it. And it is understood by the farmer that not all the seed is going to become fruit. Some of it's going to fall by the wayside. Some of it's going to fall among the rocks. Amen? But... The seed that falls in the ground that was plowed, that all the rocks and all the junk was taken out of, that seed in all likelihood is going to produce something. So it's all about the, pro the process of preparing the ground first, isn't it? Before you, If you really want a good harvest, what does the farmer 
do? He goes out and he turns over the ground when winter's over. He turns it over and plows it, then he discs it and makes it really nice and, and ready to receive that seed, right? So plowing is just as important as planting and sowing. So if you don't, if you don't plow a field and you just walk out there and start casting seeds, some of it might take and most of it probably won't. But you've got to turn the dirt over. You've got to give that seed somewhere when those roots begin to break. When that seed dies, Brother Richard and I were talking about when a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone, right? But if it dies, it's going to what? Bring forth much fruit. It, it has to lose its identity, right? When a seed breaks open and begins to become a plant, it's no longer a seed, is it? But it has the capacity and the capability of producing a plant that will do what? Produce more seed. So all that effort for one seed to germinate and become a plant so that we can have more seed. Is it worth the effort? Absolutely worth the effort. Amen. So as I said, limited time. Limited time to get the harvest in. Amen. And then there comes a time where that last day of the seventh week is there and they they cut it off. No more harvest. Right? No more harvest. It's like that that test that you're taking in a classroom full of people and there's a proctor and at the end, when the timer goes ding, what do they say? Put your pencils down. Don't answer another question. Close your book. Right? One of those bubble tests. And that's what that's how this works. They know at the end of the seventh day they're done because what's the next day? Pentecost. They're going to celebrate what the harvest is that they took in. Amen? And so, but there's some still some stuff in the field. What is that called? It's called the gleanings. Amen? Story of Ruth and Naomi. What, did, what was Ruth doing? She was going out and gleaning in the field. What was the gleanings for? Amen. The gleanings were for the poor and the widows. Then they were produced out of the same seeds that were sown for the main harvest. Amen. Same seeds that were sown for the other was was sown for the harvest. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 19 verse 9. Praise God. I hope this is all right this morning. Praise God. Leviticus 19, verse 9. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of the field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And the next verse, please. And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou... Uh, gather every grape of thy vineyard thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger i am the lord your god and so the gleanings were left for the poor and the stranger the lord was always going to take care of every every level every situation uh in the easton's bible dictionary the the word glean means the corners of the field were not to be reaped, and the sheep accidentally left behind was not to be fetched away. According to the law of Moses, in Leviticus 19, 9, uh, 23, 22, Deuteronomy 4, 24, 19 through 21, 
They were to be left for the poor to glean. Similar laws were given regarding the vineyards and olive yards. So, and, and I already referred to the story of Ruth and how that God used the fact that she was, even though she was poor and, and the Lord used that to continue that seed going through time. Amen. That seed that became Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, you know, we are, we are that, we are, and sometimes we are that seed. We are that one that's been grafted in. We are that one that, 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 that the world has just kind of forgotten about. And so the gleaning served a different purpose, as we already said, for the poor and the stranger. all that from a symbolic and typological view the reapers and the gleaners could represent two groups that are under two different covenants the gleaners and the reapers the reapers are reaping the main harvest the gleaners are coming in afterwards in other words there were not saved under the same plan of salvation and you might be saying hmm but if you think about this under the old testament covenant the jews celebrated at the end of seven weeks the harvest of the harvest end of seven weeks right they celebrated the harvest so at the end of seven weeks the next day was the day of pentecost right also known as the Feast of Weeks. With this in mind, it makes sense then that the reapers, who would, would the reapers who would be the same as the sowers, would have been the Old Testament Jews, right? Because up until the moment that that the Day of Pentecost came and the, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost came, everything was under what the Jewish law. Everything was under the Jewish covenant. Everything was under that form of salvation for them was taking the animal sacrifice and pushing their sins back for another year. That was their form of salvation in the Old Testament, was it not? But then there came a moment when Jesus Christ promised them that on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the day of the Feast of Weeks, the celebration of the harvest came Everything changed at that moment. So everything up to that point would have been part of the main main harvest, would it not? All the Jews. So on the day of Pentecost, after the harvest is over, that would make what we are doing, what would make us or the, the original church part of the gleaning, would it not? I know this is deep. But the original church happened, didn't happen until... The Holy Ghost fell on that day. So when G, when the Holy Ghost fell, the Old Testament way of doing things was done away with, right? There was no more animal sacrifice for sin. What was the sacrifice for sin? Jesus Christ. He became that sacrifice for sin. I'm getting a lot of blank stares. But he did become that sacrifice for sin. And so he did away with the Old Testament way of doing things. The minute that the Holy Ghost fell on the, on the day of Pentecost, when the promise of the Father came, the, the new covenant began, did it not? We are under that new covenant. And so 
at the end of the Feast of Weeks, the harvest is over, and now it's the gleaners that are gleaning, right? So those that, were entered, those that entered in and started the church on the day of Pentecost would have been gleaned crop. They wouldn't have been part of the main harvest. And so the Lord, I know this, this sounds deep, but when I saw this, it was like, oh, my gosh. The Lord started this with the gleanings because those that were added to the church that day, those 3,000 were not, a, even though they were Jews, they weren't part of the old, the original harvest. They would have been part of the gleanings. They would, and so the Lord started something new that day because what comes after the gleanings? The field goes, you leave the field setting, and then it goes to the point where they plow and they begin to plant seed again. So the, the new harvest that we're coming into, is, is that's what we are doing. Okay? And I think I just lost. <laughs> the old covenant ended and the new covenant began at that very moment. And we're going to stop right here. I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of questions. But God is so good today, and he loves us. He wants to give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Paul prayed that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. And he said he prayed that prayer over the churches that, that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of him. And so I guess... We don't, as one of our instructors said in PI, you can go ahead and end that. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know about this book what we don't. We don't know the things that we don't know. We think we know a lot about the Bible, but then God gives us revelation about something. We go, oh, I didn't never saw that before. You know, Brother Parker has said that many times. He's, you know, in all these years of reading through the the bread schedule, there's, there, I mean, just, this week, there were things that I had to stop in the middle of my bread schedule and say, well, i got to study this. Because I've read this a hundred times, but now God is seeing fit to show me things. Amen? But, but we, the harvest is important. Amen? We've got to be involved in the harvest. Amen? Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word, for your power, for your wisdom. For Jesus, we thank you for your spirit, for all that you do and all that you've done, all that you're going to do in us, through us, and among us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise.